Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Amazing Spider Webcast, issue 34. Uh, our, la <laughs> our last issue was November of last year, and it is February of this year, which actually isn't as bad as I thought. Three months. You know, I, these came out like one a month, right? So we're doing it a third as fast as Marvel Comics. You know, I, they're a whole company. I'm one guy. Give it a rest. So we've got uh, Craven the Hunter. And, you know, a, a cover of The Thrill of the Hunt. And Craven uh, coming down on Spider-Man on the side of a building. All this excitement. So uh, it. I think what we kind of have here is a little reset. If you remember our last issue, last time, uh, we had our big issue where Aunt May recovered from one of her many mysterious illnesses. Uh, Spider-Man was trapped under all that stuff. A very pivotal moment in Spider-Man history. And I think this issue's kind of a reset of, like, villain of the week again. Let's, let's do just kind of a normal-ass thing. Opens with a shot of Craven walking through his trophy room bunch of taxidermied animals if i was gonna do i always thought it'd be really funny to do a series in marvel of basically side characters we never see uh you know i i thought it'd be funny to do a profile of the guy who basically works the phones at damage incorporated and is like what happened where how much okay whatever Another one to add to that list is Craven the Hunter's Taxidermist. Because I, I think Craven, you know, on the one hand, goldmine. Because it seems like he's killing a goddamn gorilla like every other day. And, you know, I, I feel like he would have to pay you extra because I don't know. I don't know a lot about the taxidermy industry, but I'm guessing... That technically you're supposed to, if someone brings in a, a goddamn gorilla, you're supposed to, like, say something. But, you know, he's got his gorilla, a big snake, some panther things, warthog, lion, tiger, elephant, rhino, all these things. Elephant doesn't seem, I mean, I guess, in a weird way, for Craven the Hunter, elephant might be the ultimate. Because he's not, like, using a gun, right? It's killing him with his bare hands and shit. So in a way, it's like, eh, he might actually have a harder time with an elephant than a tiger or something. I don't know. He drinks uh, he drinks a, his special jungle herbs, his wondrous potions of power. It, it really, <laughs> it sounds like, you know, when you see testosterone booster ads or hear about, you know, supplements that'll boost your testosterone. Um... It's it's kind of what it sounds like to me. It sounds like a bunch of nonsense. He probably heard about this on Rogan and is like, hmm, I could take that. You know, I've, I've noticed Craven in his later years. You know, I can still beat a tiger, but I don't get the same sexual thrill from it. Uh, um, I, and he's also drinking from, you know, like a horn for some reason. I'm not really sure why, but, you know, whatever. A horn is, like, a horn is a funny drinking vessel because it's, like, when you have a horn, what you realize, if you've ever drank from a horn uh, for some reason, what you quickly realize is you can't put it down. And so there's kind of this weird, like, well, I guess you're finishing that drink. You know what I mean? 
Because uh, what else are you going to do? You're stuck. It's sort of like, it almost feels like a prank you would do to someone on their 21st birthday. You'd like give them two handful horns of Malort or something and be like, have fun. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know, dye it bright blue so that if they spill it on the carpet in their apartment, they'd be screwed. Anyway, Craven wrestles a, a lion and is just like, eh, whatever. Um, he's like, all right, I'm going to take a, uh, a boat to New York to hunt Spider-Man. Uh, we cut to Peter Parker revealing to Betty Brant that he's Spider-Man. And of course, it's just a, a bad dream that Betty Brant is having. So I guess that's a, a little bit of a twist on the it was all a dream because it's not our normal POV character, but it's stupid. I, you know, the, the it was all a dream is kind of like, come on. That just feels like they had to waste some panels. I guess they had to remind us about Peter Parker. Um, then we cut to Peter Parker. You know, he does a stretch. He's looking pretty shredded. I don't know how, at what point exactly this changed, but, you know, Peter Parker's biceps are looking pretty close to Craven the Hunter's biceps. I wonder if anyone, you know, noticed, like anyone in the world was like, Peter Parker is uh, looking, looking ripped these days. When did that happen? Checks in with Aunt May. She's doing great. Um, then we have a part with uh, Gwen Stacy. And, you know, all these guys are asking her out. And she's like, not interested, not interested, whatever. Um, but then she's saying, it's strange. Peter Parker is the only boy who hasn't paid any attention to me. <laughs> and I was like, is this the origin of the game? Is that how this works? Did, did Spider-Man not get credit for inventing the game? Now, Spider-Man did it on accident, it would seem, because I think Peter Parker is not paying attention to her. Um, and But he's like, she, he sees her drop a textbook and goes to pick it up, you know, and he's like, oh, I'll pick up her textbook. I don't think Peter Parker's ignoring Gwen Stacy any, in any real way. I think he's just like oblivious nerd and also is pretty busy being Spider-Man. Then we get Harry Osborn. Norman Osborn's son. We need to talk about Harry Osborn's hair and Norman Osborn's hair. It looks like a red and black sort of plowed field uh, going horizontally across the top of their head. Now, Norman Osborn, the father, has a better hairline. He's got just kind of hair that goes all over his head. And uh, Harry Osborn seems to have sort of a widow's peak combined with male pattern baldness happening somehow. I know that doesn't make sense. Those seem like contradictory things, but that seems what's happening. But I was always confused as to what, what exactly Harry and Norman Osborn's hair was supposed to look like. Like, you know, the person doing the art, it was like, who, what is, if this was a photo, like, can you show me a photo of someone who has this kind of hair? I just, it didn't make sense to me. Do you know what I mean? It looked like it was weird, like ridged, wavy or something. It looked like a haircut that like a uh, kid from Kid and Play house party would have or something. And I was like, well, maybe they have like tight curly hair, Harry and Norman Osborne. I don't know. I can't tell what the fuck it's supposed to be. I'm still not really sure. And it seems like through time, it's only been drawn more that way. Uh, the biggest disappointment from Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies was... 
James Franco casting. Because I was like, that hair is all wrong. James Franco has nice hair. Um, that's not confusing. And it doesn't solve the mystery for me. That's the real issue. I'm like, I need this mystery solved. This was the chance. You fucked it up, Sam Raimi. Anyway, uh, you know, it, it doesn't really work out with Gwen. You know, they, they have like a, a meet cute where they don't really meet and it's not that cute. And uh, Craven was sitting around and it says like, after hours of careful planning, which is like indistinguishable from while after just sitting around for a while thinking about it. Which is, you know, I, I kind of have thought, like, maybe that's what I should tell my boss I'm up to sometimes. Be like, after hours of careful planning, which you witnessed, I know that looked like me sitting at my desk staring into space, uh, but that was hours of careful planning. And, you know, after hours of careful planning, I'm going to do XYZ. And maybe XYZ is not great, but, like, fuck it, what's he going to do? Anyway, Craven comes up with a plan, and then we have Peter Parker back at Aunt May's house again, and then that's where we get the panel uh, narrator. We'll admit this has been a pretty long introduction, but once the action gets started, it'll more than make up for it, so bear with us a short time longer as we turn to our average Spider-Man once more. And you're like, okay, so even the people writing this comic are like, we had to reset a bunch of shit, this is an awfully long introduction, like, I, I don't know. Is it, I mean, is some kid reading this going to be like, when the fuck? I haven't seen Spider-Man at all. You know what I mean? But then we do get Spider-Man, which is, okay, here's something that's funny about it. Um, you get a Spider-Man that I think you're not supposed to know right away is Craven the Hunter. And then, you know, he takes his mask off within a few panels. So his idea is to impersonate Spider-Man to draw out Spider-Man. Um... Which, here's the funny part about it, though, is I picture, you know, what's your hurry, Jameson? Spider-Man, in person, mister. And I'm like, okay, but would he have, like, a thick Russian accent? And would Jameson be like, hmm, I do not remember Spider-Man having this uh, commie accent last time we uh, argued about whatever we argue about. This is a little weird. I'm a little... Uh, not sure what to think but you know that's i guess that's the magic of comics right is it could be craven and you know a completely different guy and it's like eh, whatever you know it can be fine um we cut back again to aunt may asking peter parker if he remembered to wash the apple before eating it at which point i'm like jesus christ there's like doting and it's nice that you make him food but there's also like, did you remember to wash that apple? And it's like, oh, who cares? You know what I mean? Am I the only one who doesn't like wash every single thing that I eat? Maybe I'm admitting to something really horrible or stupid, but I do not wash every apple I've ever eaten. I just don't. I know I'm dumb, um, and this is probably dumb, but I can't be the only person who's like, ah, fuck it. Like, people run it under the sink for two minutes, dry it or two seconds they dry it off on a cloth that's just been hanging in front of their the sink for you know 10 years being unwashed and then they're like oh that was a good thing i did that so anyway then we get uh we get uh you know jameson 
who's publishing stories about Spider-Man harassing him, which he's actually happy about because he's like, I'm selling a lot of papers (laughs) writing about how Spider-Man's harassing me. This is fucking amazing. (laughs) Um, What's really funny, though, is, you know, he's printing these stories about Spider-Man harassing him and everybody is incensed about Spider-Man's treatment of Jameson. Imagine hounding a public-spirited citizen like Mr. Jameson that way. It's a disgrace. Someone should put that masked wall crawler out of circulation once or for all. If you ask me, it's time the FBI stepped in. You said it. What I think is really funny about this is this feels like a moment that's, you know, really different from how it would go down today. Because I think if this went down today, the equivalent of J. Jonah Jameson is probably like Elon Musk, right? Because he bought Twitter. I don't think people would be like, it's shameful that this superhero is harassing Elon Musk. I think people would be like, yeah, fuck him. (laughs) I don't think public sentiment would see uh, Spider-Man. He's not like punching him and stuff. He's just being like, I'm watching you. You know, I know you're a douche, whatever. Um, And then, you know, swinging away. I think people would be fine with that happening to Elon Musk. I don't know. I just suspect. I could be wrong. So finally, uh, Spider-Man catches up with Kraven. Meanwhile, on the ground level, uh, these guys are like, Look, it's Spider-Man. Let's go get the boys. This is our chance to get rid of him once and for all. Yeah, I've been itching to get... <laughs> okay. Basically, we got a Seinfeld situation because it was like they were trying to get Spider-Man and they were following Kraven, but then it's, you know, Kraven and Spider-Man are going to fight, but also this gang is like, Hey, there's Spider-Man. Let's get him. So we're going to have Craven and Spider-Man fighting, and then a gang's going to show up as well. Craven um, sort of tricks Spider-Man to go through his sort of home alone traps, you know, which um, unfortunately for Craven and for Kevin McAllister, if he were to be attacked by Spider-Man, I think Spidey Sense is like the ultimate, ultimate uh, way to get around a trap. You know, it's like, that's exactly what it does, right? It's like, ah, there's a danger here. I'm ready for danger. So Spider-Man is fighting uh, Craven. Then the gang shows up. And Spidey says, sorry, gents, this is a private party. And they say, it's him. Tisk tisk. You mean it is he, Spider-Man says. Nothing infuriates me as much as bad grammar, or didn't you know? And I was like, oh, Spidey, not you two. I don't like when people correct other people's grammar. I mean, I guess it's fine in the context of it's a gang of assholes who's trying to shoot you and you're making a joke uh, at their expense. You know, I'm not I'm not upset about it, but I, you know, I just think correcting someone's grammar is like a boring thing to do. It's not interesting. Also, I feel like grammar uh, errors are going to solve themselves. Like, you know, AI is, like, writing shit now. How long is it before things are like, eh, you know, fuck it. It's all, it's all fine. So anyway, I was like, Spidey, you're better than that. You can use your powers for something better than that. Plus, what do you have, the proportional uh, hatred of grammar errors of a spider? If that's the case, it would be zero. You would not hate grammar errors at all because you don't know what grammar is. Uh, The gang, by the way, is the Nails Hogan gang. I was like, well, maybe these gangs should come up with a better name. You know, and by better, I mean a name. What I like about Nails Hogan gang 
is that it's like, well, that sounds like a gang that of, you know, guys in hats and coats punching people. Um, but if you wanted to be more successful, I might be like, why don't you call yourself like the William Howard Taft Foundation? And that's the name of your gang. And maybe it'll take people a while to catch on to the fact that you're a violence gang. Anyway, Spider-Man beats Craven uh, and beats the gang. And Jameson's all pissed off about it because it's like, oh, it turns out, uh, you know, Craven was being Spider-Man. So that wasn't Spider-Man. That was Craven harassing you. And Jameson's like, damn it. And there's a new replacement lady for, for Betty Brant who kind of comes into his office in the middle of Jameson finding out all this stuff. And she's like, excuse me, I finished all the day's correspondence. Will there be anything else? And he says, no, that's all. You think I run a sweatshop here? Go home and be here at nine sharp tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm like, so J. Jonah Jameson is mad at the the fill-in secretary for saying, I finished my work. Is there anything else you'd like me to do? And he's like, what do you assume? I'm some kind of asshole running a sweatshop? Get the hell out of here. <laughs> he's mad about someone asking about like, well, I'll head home now if that's all right. Hey, fuck you. <laughs> so anyway, Betty Brant has left the bugle. And uh, that's pretty much it. Now we do get on the final page, it's Peter Parker with Aunt May and uh, uh, what's-her-face. Uh, Mary Jane's aunt. Mrs. Watson. Jesus. You know, and uh, this may be one of the first mentions of Mary Jane. And as I was telling my niece, Mary Jane, oh, hello, Peter. And they don't really talk about Mary Jane further than that. But it's just it's just a mention. Could be the first mention. I'm not sure. Uh, it's entirely likely and possible that at some point in the past I've mentioned this already. Like, this has already come up. But uh, they're sowing the seeds. And uh, that's about it. Next we get the Molten Man. You know, everybody's favorite. The Molten Man. <laughs> 